0: I believe, soon or very soon, he's going to be writing an article on us in the Daily Review. And, uh, uh, you know, I was telling the the lady that was interviewing us uh, about the men's home. And just then, one of the men's home walked by and happened to be Mike. So I called him in there and uh, he began to share his testimony with the lady. And she was like astounded. She was looking at him like, no, not you. You know, come on. You know, wow. He says, maybe somebody like your pastor. Look at him with that mustache, you know. Uh, but you, wow, and, and uh, I want to just share very quickly because it was a miracle how he got, he wasn't supposed to be here. He's supposed to be doing something like 15 to life. Look at him and say, no, not you. <laughs> uh, but uh, his father was working in the embassy in Costa Rica and because of his background, yet he was on heroin. Mike, quickly come and share a word.
1: First of all, I want to thank God for my salvation. Uh, like pastor was saying, I shouldn't even be here right now. But uh, it's by God's grace. Um, they, I was looking at a 15 year sentence, but uh, God opened the door. It was a federal case, too, and uh, it got handed down to the state. And I was in the office at the man told me the other day looking through my file, my paperwork, and uh, I was reading about it, and it, I noticed that uh, I was released to Pastor Steve. You know, and he didn't even know me, but. He opened the door through the hand of God, you know, and I'm just so grateful to be here. It's by God's grace and his mercy that, I, you know, I was able to come into the home. Um, I'm just so grateful for God, you know, his goodness and what he brought me out of, you know, the home, the home isn't an easy thing to go through, you know, you got to really love the Lord to, to make it through the home, you know, <laughs> it's not an easy thing, but if you really love God, you'll do whatever it takes to change. And uh, that's the commitment I made with God when I came into the home because I really wanted to change, you know. I was tired of hurting my family and my friends and the people around me, you know. And uh, I thank God for all the trials, as we call it in the home, going through the fire, you know. Every time I went in the fire, you know, I realized that that was God working in my life and he was changing me, he was molding and shaping me. And every time I went through the fire, I'd, I'd come out, knowing that I, I made it through because Jesus was there with me. And it, it's, you know, the power of God that was able to change my mind and my heart. You know, He really touched my life. And every time you go through that fire, you just got to know that Jesus is there with you. You know, you can't do it on your own strength, so you just got to, you have to know it's Jesus that's, that's bringing you through. And uh, I want to thank all the, the the men that came over to give Bible studies in the home. That They didn't have to do that. They came over because... They love the Lord, and they love the home. You know, they came in. I thank Christian, Brother Bernard, uh, Brother Francisco, you know, Aniva. I thank all the guys that came over to do Bible studies in the home. And, you know, I just, I thank my director, Anthony Sanchez, when I first came in the home. And then Robert Cologne. I thank Cologne. you know, he put me through it. But uh, that was God, you know. God was bringing something out in me. And I, and I thank Chucky. You know some some good men that that took a stand for God, you know they 're not getting paid for doing this it 's because they love the lord and uh, i think thank God for this ministry and for the home you know that, that people like me have a place to go and get right with God and i think thank God for all the relationships that I've made in the church, you know all the the brothers that that I have in my life now, the people that that I can have uh, friendships with you know Godly friendships, and I thank God for that I thank God for everything he's done in my life and it's it's just it's amazing what God can do you know when you because he's he's always knocking on the door of your heart but you know you got to let it let get it open the door to him and uh, I just thank God for what he's done I thank God for all the brothers in the home you know I was their staff and they didn't like me a lot of the time but they know I love them and you know thank you guys for being there for me through the trials you know and uh, I just give it all to God you know I hope that God is glorified tonight Amen
0: We're going to say a prayer for him You know, he, you know We live in a In an area known as the you know, Bay area of course is Silicon Valley Where people that deal with computers Make an atrocious amount of finances And he just said a mouthful He said these guys Are involved in changing people's lives Not computers And they don't even get paid the kingdom of God is inverted you know the devil gives all kinds of money for all those other stuff I'm not saying computers are the devil 666 I'm not saying that but look at this you know how God does it God says no 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 I'm going to take care of my kids Uh, here on earth yes but also up there uh, where no computer can compute what God has in store for them that love him praise God let's pray for let's stretch your hands for this Father we thank you for Michael who's going to be going back to North Carolina with his father Lord and and i know that he's going to be a blessing his father's asking for him jesus he wants the love that he created through this young man to be reciprocal or got to give back to him jesus and watch over him take care of them lord god as he leaves in three weeks lord there's no victory victories there lord god but there could be there's going to be a seed there lord that he would find a good church whether it's victor's Torres's church or whatever church there lord god and that he would perhaps be pioneer rehab center there lord god or do what you want through him lord god his dad will have him get him a good job, paying job, and maybe he'll just run a rehab. We don't know, Lord God. You know his future. You've equipped him, you've prepared him, you've trained him. Watch over him. Don't let him, Lord God, drift. Lord God, keep him in the center of your will. Bless him and let him be a blessing. Devil, you're a liar. You, you, don't be, you have no place in Michael Duval's life. He belongs to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We serve you notice right now, devil, and you know that. He's been in the home 10 months already, Lord God, and we bless you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said... Hallelujah. Praise God. Here you go. You know you are under my custody. He's under my custody, right? Hallelujah. I, I just found that out today. Ten, year, ten months later, I find out he's under my custody. He uh, did a good job. Hallelujah. <laughs> First Samuel 17, verse 42. 1 Samuel 17, verse 42. There's one verse here. But keep your Bibles handy, because we're going to cover portion of that. This is their first time in 1742. He took David over and saw that he was only a boy. Ruddy and handsome. And he despised him. He looked David over I saw that he was just a youth, and he despised him. Father, I pray for our youth, but I know how the sermon ends, where he put it together. It will minister to all of us, Lord, that it would bring conviction where it's needed. We would get back to our chivalrous ways that we need to be. I give you honor, glory, and praise. Challenge those that know you, those that don't know you, and those that are on the fringes. I give you the honor, glory, and praise. Everybody together, said, Amen. You may be seated. Keep your Bibles there handy, because we're going to cover also a few other portions of Scripture found in 1 Samuel 17. But I've entitled this message here today, Faith Cometh, but it can goeth. All right? We know that in Hebrews, the Bible says, or actually in Romans, faith cometh by hearing the Word. And you got to keep coming and hearing the Word, or else faith goeth. Because faith can not come, and it does come by hearing the Word and by seeing things doing, being done in the Lord. There's also a portion of Scripture that talks about how uh, uh, faith comes by prayer in the Old Testament. But by and large, it comes by hearing the Word of God. And we're going to be dealing with the subject of faith here on today. And we're going to be covering youth. Now, in regards to youth, sometimes just because you're young, you can be automatically despised. Right here, it says that an adult... A big adult, 9 foot 9, Goliath, despised youth. Came against it. He prejudged David. Only because of his youth. That can be a mistake many times. Uh, Because of his youth. Today, uh, you know, we're going to be dealing with that subject. Goliath gets all perturbed. He says, man, how dare you send me a a, a young man? You know, uh, he's telling... The people, you know, a youth could never, ever even come close to giving me a good fight. Goliath prejudged. And that's what many adults can do, even today. Yet according, my friend, to the Bible, we adults can be helped and we can be ministered to by our youth. And we need to understand that. In the account here in 1 Samuel 17, Goliath keeps getting bolder and bolder and more proud and more proud by the date. You read the account there. That's what I'll say. He keeps getting more bolder. Since no Israelite... Would come to meet his challenge. Let me just throw this in as an insert here. You know why our neighborhoods and our villages and the predicament they are in today? The they keep getting worse and worse. And the devil keeps getting bolder and bolder because nobody challenges him. Victory, our true called to challenge the devil. If ain't nobody gonna do nothing, then the devil's gonna get bolder and bolder. He's gonna get crueler and crueler. He's gonna get stronger and stronger because nobody confronts him. You know what these young people are going to do that are graduated today? They're not going to sit by and, and, and hang out on the four walls and just be so-called church goers. They're going to be Goliath slayers. We're not training these kids just to know the Bible. We're training them to live the Bible. <clears throat> these kids are going to go to Iran and Iraq. Uh, and they're going to go to Indonesia. They're going to go all over the place. Oh, my God, I better take my tile someplace else.
1: No, you go with them to
0: Iraq. Oh, my God, I feel the help coming on already. Ah. Uh, you go with him and help him, hallelujah. Uh, I'll be Steban's associate. I'll be his youth pastor, hallelujah. <laughs> but that's what happens. The devil gets stronger when nobody messes with him. He sees nobody. Why do you think Dakota is the way it is? Why do you think A Street was the way it was? Uh, but you, have you seen all the pastors that have come out of Dakota now? Because somebody went in there and challenged the devil. See, each day Israel became more and more shameful and weaker. That's why our neighborhoods are... It's a shameful... Think sometimes to be in the neighborhood because we don't challenge the devil. Uh, nobody was challenging him. But then David enters the scene as a teen challenge, you might say. That's what he was. See, the bad and sad part was that no one at all believed in David at all. Verses 26 to 23 talk about that. It talks about how both Eliab, his older brother, and Saul, the king, they couldn't believe that David was able to say Goliath. They as well treat David with utter contempt, if you will. They also choose to despise his youth. Not only Goliath despises his youth, but the people on his side despise his youth. Bible says, "Out of your own midst shall come your own enemies." And something that, that's sad when, when you know not only the devil's against us, but people in the church also are against us. He'll never be nobody. Uh, who does he think he is? I don't know, but I know who God is. Ah, can I? I've said it before, Listen, let, let there not be so much comp- competition in God's house. If somebody rises up and passes you, psh, catch up to him. Ah, but don't get all bent out of shape. Man, look at him, he just wants to be by the pastor. Yeah. Hallelujah. No, don't, don't do that. And what, does, what was David's crime? What was his obvious weakness? It was simply that he was a youth. That's all. The only crime he was that he was a young person. David was guilty of being young. And Goliath despised his youth, the Bible said. In 1 Timothy 4.12, a very famous portion of the scripture says, Let no one, Paul says, despise your youth. See, Paul was a very sharp-learned individual. Paul knew history. Paul knew, and studied God's word. Paul knew God, so he knew better. Listen, young people, learn this, and I've said it before. To know God is to know better. When you know God, you know better than start hanging out with a People that are not of the Lord. You know better than to take a drink of alcohol. Because you know God. Did I say young people? Older people too. Ah, When you know God, you know better than to be, you know, putting yourself in harm's way. You want to put yourself in blessing's way. So Paul knew these things. He says, don't let nobody despise your youth. They tried it to David. Don't let them do it to you, Timothy. See, the clash of older people with younger people is an age-old problem. It's a clash that happens in every generation. Uh, it's a given. It's inevitable. It's obvious, my friend. It's, it's very easy to see, but very hard to correct. The clash of generations, ages. Uh, that happens in every generation. See, the older think that the younger are still too wet behind the ears. They're not experienced enough. While the young think the older are too outdated. Old fogies. Uh, what do they know? Uh, they've had their chance. They've had their opportunity, they've had their day, and they can't change. But us, we will, they think. Uh, we're we're, we're going to do things different. Uh, young people always do that. Ah, uh, man, if I was a pastor, I wouldn't make so many jokes like Pastor Steve. I'd be more dignified. The church would be bigger. Ah, uh, we're going to do things different. Uh, see, one is ideal or idealistic, the youth, while the other one is real. The real the older individuals. Thus, the clash of the older with the younger, the real with the ideal. Are you with me? Let's very quickly look at three things in the life of David, okay, uh, that that clash between the ages, between him and his older brothers. Number one, the first thing that David, uh, we see in the life of David, that clash between the older and the younger, is David is accused of getting out of line, of biting off more than he can chew, of being out of place. That's what his brother tells him. His brother, his older brother, is telling him, you know, that he's out of place. That he doesn't belong here at the battle. He tells him, what were you doing coming down? You wanted just to see the battle. Who was battling who? There was no fight. They may as well have been been playing hopscotch. They could have been playing tiddlywinks. Nobody was fighting. Uh, There were chickens. But he accuses him of that. Uh, But that he should go back to where he belongs, tending a few sheep. Uh, and, and you're always going to get that. Uh, where people will say, oh, no, no, you, you know, are you are coming down here? You just want prestige. I remember when I was going to go out to take a city, we, we had this clash, even in, in Los Angeles. And I was a younger, more whippersnapper kind of a guy. Uh, and, and then I, I remember what I, you know, I remember what God impressed upon my heart. And I was telling everybody, I'm either going to go to New York. Well, oh, New York, you think New York guy. Or I'm going to go to Miami. Oh, Miami. Or I'm going to go to Fresno. Or I'm going to go to Phoenix or I'm going to go to Denver. I had five choices in my heart. We didn't have no Victor victories there then. And I remember a cloud of the people saying, oh. when they heard Hayward, they never heard of Hayward. They said, hey, go to Hayward. <laughs> really? Uh, that's a fact. They go to Hayward. Hay- 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 go there. Because uh, they didn't want me in a sense to go to Oh New York. You're going to be a big shot. Uh, little did they know that, hey, Hayward is where it's at. Yes. Amen? Yes. But that happens many times. And with young people, they're sometimes going to be accused of being out of place and wanting, you know, uh, wanting to, you know, to, to help the vision of, of Victory Outreach. Young people are going to get accused of that. But that's wrong, and that's not right. See, God knows when I was talking about Phoenix and, and, and uh, Denver, you know what I really wanted to do? I wanted to build a wedge into the mindset of Victory Outreach people to think big. That's all I was doing. I knew I wasn't going to go there. But I was just trying to make the people you know, expand their mentality of where we needed to go later on. But I knew I was coming to Hayward, though I'd never heard of it, hallelujah. See, David wasn't getting out of line. Uh, He'd already been faithful in the little by protecting his family's sheep from a bear, then from a lion, and he was now really ready for the next level, which was Goliath. He wasn't getting out of line. He knew what he could do. He knew his Christian walk with the Lord. He knew it was time for Goliath. Now, I'd downed me a bear before. I'd downed me a lion. Who's next? There he is. Next level. That's all he was going to do. David knew. Uh, He understood that. And God understood that as well. But nobody else did at that time. The next thing that David is accused of, first of all, being out of place. The second thing that he's accused of, as many youth are, is of being too sure of himself, of being too forward, too cocky, too conceited. Verse 29 talks about that. Now look at verse 29. Talks about that. Do you have it? Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Uh, In other words, they're they're messing with him. Verse twenty. when Elijah, Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave these few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And that's what'll happen. When young people start getting involved in the things of God, and they're doing a great job, they're gonna. He's conceited. Uh, Who does so and so think he is? Uh, But again, this has to do with ideals, high ideals, and we want high ideals for our our youth. Uh, I mean, I can't wait for them to graduate from Stanford. Uh, They're gonna be graduating from Stanford someday. Some of our they're gonna catch what it's all about. Our people can graduate from Stanford. Uh, You know, what? we could even start our our own university someday more prestigious than Stanford. It can happen. You know, high ideals. It can happen. Uh, But we got nothing wrong with having those ideals. Very vital. But they're, you know, accusing him of being conceited. See, youth usually always has high ideals. They look at what the preceding generation has done, or in this case, hasn't done. Uh, Are you with me? And they have a great tendency to believe that they can do better. And they will do better. I believe our young people are going to do better than us. See, that's one of the so-called crimes of being young. Yes, youth will usually be a bit super ideal, a bit forward, and seem to be conceited. But they're only dreaming good, godly dreams. Let them shoot for the moon. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We need them kind of young people. That's one of youth's strengths and one of the secrets of their future success that they can do better and improve on what we have done. I don't know if the men that were at the Mighty Men of Valor, they heard my son speak. You know what my son spoke on? He spoke on the young people of Victory Outreach your Future getting together and staying together. Why did he talk about that? Because some of us have had a little bit of, we've had some fractions and factions and, you know, dissatisfactions and. Within our ministry, we had, you know, some, some of us thought, well, look at, you know, San Jose thinks they're better, or, or Hayward thinks they're better, or, or El, La Puente thinks they're better, or, or, you know, Five Cities thinks they're better, hallelujah, huh? Or whatever thinks they're better, and, uh, and some of said, enough never that. We don't, we don't want to play that. Tell me, don't play that. Uh, because he's idealistic. He said, we don't got to do that, guys. That was our parents. <laughs> uh, see... The Apostle Paul knew that. Sonny knows that, and I know that. See, to our youth, I say, sure, all this will be yours someday. Uh, if, you meet, if you don't fail to meet the challenge, uh, and if you do take us further, that's waiting for you. Uh, but if you don't take us where you're supposed to go, young people, uh, to you I say, cowards. That's what I say. Because the stage is set for you to take us on to a higher level of Victory Outreach Ministries. But if you don't do that, if you, if you me up, if you're too scared, if you become too selfish, Revelation 21.8 says, cowards are going to cut hell in half. Uh, they're going to chop hell in half. Being a coward. Uh, this is not time to be a coward. Our youth are being challenged. Uh, going back to your, you, you get, taking your rightful place like David. David was in his rightful place. You young people, when you go back to school this year, and they're going to say, man, you're a Christian? Yes, that's my rightful place. You stay in your rightful place. You fight for your rightful place. Someday, many years later, some of your friends are going to come to the home. Ah. Uh, just the other day, Pastor Tony, some guy came to, from Dakota, went to the home, and he wanted to go to Pittsburgh. He didn't even know Pastor Tony was there. Because there, he used to work with Tony. Uh, and then Tony told me that the guy used to work with him and tell him, ah, oh, it's just a fad. It's just a fad. And Tony saw him walk into his home. He goes, hey, Holmes. Ah. Uh, he says, it's been 11 years. You think it's a fad? The guy goes, no, 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 it's not a fad. It's not a fad. Says, and then he told him, you remember that? He told him, yes. Uh, idealistic. Then David is accused by the older generation of being a thrill seeker, of looking out for his own bones and wanting just to have a good time. He's accused of not being serious, that he cares, you know, you know only about having a good time. His brother tells him that all he wants to do is come and see the battle. And that his heart is not really with it. That he doesn't really care about who wins, Israel or the Philistines. That he doesn't really care about the vision of our ministry. That's what will happen a lot of times. Ah, uh, They just want to have a good time. All they want is to come to the youth night. A bomb night. They just want a voya thing right now. Uh, they're just into that right now. There's going to be a lot of accusations made to young people. Uh, all he wants is a girlfriend. Good time to get, take a drink of water right now. I might just camp on this one. Um, All she wants is a boyfriend. She got burned all kinds of times out in the world. You know the Christian won't burn her. (laughs) Uh, Devil don't live out there. He lives. He messes with people out here. Uh, He's going to try and man come again. See, I told you the way the Christians were. You should have just. You had better friends out in the world. You're going to get told that sometime. Trust me. I've been told that by the devil. Uh, He wants to divide. Wants to mess with you. you got to fight for your right. Uh, You have to keep the faith. Um, But you're going to be accused of all this stuff. All she wants is a boyfriend. Uh, She can't catch out there. In this church, (laughs) it's hard. (laughs) Uh, If you came to catch a boyfriend, you came to the wrong church. Uh, It can't happen because it's happened in the past. And they've taken some of our guys. Uh, But the Bible says here David was handsome. Woo-hoo. Uh, and how many other Christians guys are handsome, even the ugly ones. It just happens. Can you imagine the good-looking ones?, uh, you know? Uh, but I've seen it, man. I've seen some of the ugliest Christians. Uh, let's go on. <laughs> uh, man, how do you catch that? The only thing I ever catch is the cold, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Now, well, that can be true of a number of different youths. It's not true of every youth. Yes, there's going to be youth, my friend, who only want to have a good time and satisfy the flesh. But there's also going to be youth who are really serious, uh, as young David was. Who do care and who do, you know, want to do things for God. Who do want to slay a few Goliaths in their lives. They want to contribute to the vision of our ministry. There's going to be youth like that. Uh, I mean, I know what kind of sermon I'm preaching tonight. I think this kind of sermon, sometimes a few people catch this thing. That's how Richard got. Richard got, you know, what did he say this morning? When he was, wasn't it powerful this morning to see the, the, the Filipinos? They finally came? Hallelujah. Uh, we've been praying for this for six years. They finally got here. Hallelujah. The Filipinos are coming. The Filipinos are coming. Come Friday night, Daryl's going to be here with Jane. Who She can play. Uh, and then the other one, they're gonna, it's going to be powerful. And hopefully September the 3rd and the evening, so we're going to turn it over to all of them. They'll all be here before they go back on the 4th. Uh, but, man, some of our young people have caught the vision. They've gone. Did you hear who they were thanking? I think, you know, they were saying all the names of a lot of our young people that have gone to go help them. I'm talking about young people, youth that have caught the vision, that want to go be a part of the vision of Victory Outreach. And it's a powerful vision. Ah, oh, man. Matter of fact, uh, there are some young people who have, who have pledged and, and given more to the building fund than some adults. Hallelujah. Here's looking at you. <laughs> but did you hear what I said? Some of the young people have pledged more finance, given more finances to their building fund than some of the adults. Well, I don't know if I should. Ay, ay, ay. See, a number of our youth are United We Can members in good standing. Despise not our youth. They're doing a pretty good job. Uh, now, these were three things that David was, you know, actually, uh, uh, you know, falsely accused of. But let me end this sermon by looking at, the three truths regarding the real thing, the ideal things that David went through. Let's see how David's, how by faith, David was able to turn the ideal into the real. As I call this up. first of all, okay, David was serious. He wasn't just, you know, looking for a good time. David was serious about the things of God. Are you serious about the things of God? Uh, yes, he was young, yet he cared as much about Israel's future as anybody else. Do you care about the future of our ministry? I hope you do. David was serious. I'll tell you something. I could camp on this because I've been serious about this ministry a long time. I've been accused of all kinds of stuff. All he wants to do is is, is be involved in ministry. He married Sonny's secretary. That hasn't meant one cacahuate to me or nobody. (laughs) Uh, And and, and that means peanut. We we dedicated her today. Hallelujah. Uh, But my wife can tell you. uh, I, I married my wife because I love her. Uh, I love my pastor, but I don't I didn't want, want to play politics. Oh, if I marry Josie. Hallelujah. But that's another sermon. <laughs> uh, no. But I know that I've been serious about this ministry. Uh, I mean, what will you take a bullet for? What are the things in your, in your life that you'll take a bullet for? For your children? Yes. But then also, I'll take one for our ministry as well. For the things of God. Mm. But He cared. David was super concerned about the welfare and the best interests of Israel. I mean, how serious can one get when you're going to come against, you know, laying down your own life against Goliath? That's serious. A lot of our young people that have been to Manila, uh, Christian went to Dublin. I know Christian looks old, but he's young. How old are you, 23 and a half? 27, 27. That's young. I know he looks 23. Hallelujah, huh? But he's a young person. Uh, he, he already been in, uh, he's been to a year in Dublin, Ireland, and he represented this church and this ministry tremendously. You go to the conference, they're going to say, and if you run into any of the Irish, they are going to say, oh, Christian. They're going to say Christian. They're not going to say Pastor Steve. They're not going to say Christian. Is Christian here? Uh, because he left an imprint in that huge city of Dublin. Uh, the drug addicts know about him. Then he went to Manila for another year. Uh, Indonesia's right around the corner. Hallelujah. Uh, but that's going to be a tough one, in Indonesia, because they're killing Chris. They ain't fooling around, especially white ones. <laughs> I mean, as if we're a little more, you know, the complexion, the, the Hispanic ones. But... <laughs> ah, ay, ay, ay. Indonesia, in your face, devil, hallelujah. Ah, <laughs> David was serious. Ah, didn't Jesus do that for us? He took the cross for us because he was serious about us. Uh, and who, have we not been able to, to witness firsthand our youth getting involved with the vision of Victory Outreach? Our youth have. Uh, they, they, go to the, you know, they go to the streets. They give their time, their treasure, their talent, and their money. The key is to be serious about our vision. Uh, you know, our young people that have gone to Manila and all these places, they... Earned their own money. They paid their way to Manila. And I said Manila. I didn't say Maui. Uh, I didn't say the Mediterranean. They paid their own way. Even the Filipinos can spot that. We're on the inside looking out. They're on the outside looking in. When we did the place shotgun over there, there was three, some of us, and we met with the mayor. And he has a huge uh, conference table. It, 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 you know, it accommodated all of us. And we were there. A uh, whole bunch of us. And he, he spotted He goes, man. He says, all of you have come to help our people. And only one of you are of Filipino uh, descent. He said, wow. Wow. Uh, and you all paid your own way? Yes. They can understand that. They see love. They see sacrifice. They know what it takes. Uh, David was serious. And we need to be as well. Then... Secondly, David shows and displays an obvious and chivalrous stand against evil and against injustice and all wrong. This, again, is dealing with the idealistic faith that David had. Uh, see, youth, if they feel that they can see an injustice or an evil being committed and nothing being done about it, they'll let you know. That's the youth are. Did you hear what I said? Uh, if they see something that's not right, they'll don't, they don't make a stand. That's not right, Pastor Steve. You preach so long they never done that. Hallelujah. God bless the youth. Uh, you know what? If they see an injustice, they'll, they'll stand against it. Uh, and, and they should. They're supposed to. When David hears all the insults that are being hurled by Goliath against Israel, he expects to see every Israelite draw his sword and meet Goliath head on. But such was not the case. Did you hear what I said? When he sees Goliath, you know, oh, you ain't about nothing, oh, Israel, oh, you ain't nothing but cha-chas and all that stuff. That's what he was doing, and so David comes down to bring the you know the lunch to the kids and his, his his brothers, and so he expects to see a fight. Ooh, man, this guy's gonna get it. Man, look at he's he's choosing our people off. All right, guys. You ain't nothing but a bunch of rooks. You should all shave under the underarms too. A bunch of shashas. come on out, huh? Ah. Nobody does nothing. So David says, how oh dare this uncircumcised he that come against the things of God. Ah, uh, uh-uh, that's not right. See, so then David himself, in his idealistic youth, makes a charge against Goliath. And he chooses them off. See, this chivalry, this bravery, this righteous challenge has always been characteristic of youth. Always. Uh, I mean... You're looking at uh, an individual that was drafted five times by the American government. I love my country, American me. Okay? But I believed in what I stood for. I didn't believe in going over there to Asia and killing somebody that looked just like me. Uh, Now, really, I, I, I wasn't afraid. But I said, you know what, America, I don't think we're right here. I don't think we're right. And if we are, we're still wrong. Because if they would have came to my neighborhood, (laughs) we would have have dust them on 12th Street. You know, if the Vietnamese would have come over here, they had another thing coming. Uh, But see, youth is idealistic. And it should be. It comes against what's wrong. Uh, The 60s, during the protest times. And, you know, as quiet as it's kept, my uh, stand proved to be right. America now in in the history books are saying, we should have never gotten involved. I could have told them that. But nobody was listening. Richard Nixon wanted to make some mullah. You know how many of my friends died? But when I got drafted into God's army, and I knew God called me, I didn't hesitate. Because I know a chivalrous cross when I see one. This is one. This is one. And now I want to go to Vietnam. I want, pray I go to Vietnam. I want to go to Vietnam and start a church. I've been running Vietnamese. I, we need to Vietnamese. God's put it up on my heart. We go to Asia. This church goes to Asia. You see what the gang thinks is in the back? Gang. Asia. We're anointed for that, Victory Outreach Hayward, in our region. Uh, but youth is always idealistic. Tiananmen Square. That'll be a time, always remembered in the Chinese history books. When they finally said, listen, older people, you're wrong. That's not right. We can get along with the Americans. Don't be afraid of them. They have some good. They're not all that bad. Pastor Steve's a good guy. They were talking about me. They didn't even know me. Hallelujah. Uh, Zapata. Viva Zapata. Idealistic. I have a dream. Idealistic. Martin Luther King. Idealistic. Uh, this ministry. Pastor Sonny, David Wilkerson, Nicky Cruz. This is our ministry. But understand this well as I prepare to end my sermon here. Okay, here's what I, I said all that to say what I'm gonna say right now. Youth is not only a matter of the calendar. Ooh, it's gonna get good right here. Please don't, don't leave me right now. Why do you think I took off my jacket? When I take off my jacket, there's something's up. Youth is not a matter of birthdays. It's an attitude of the heart. Please understand what I'm saying right now. Uh, You can be as old as Pastor Steve, hallelujah, and still be younger than Esteban. He ain't going to do it, I'll do it. Uh, It's an attitude. As long as you have a heart that comes against, that confronts wrong and injustice, that's youth that's youth. And young people, you don't got to lose it. I haven't. I haven't. Pastor Sonny, he's 11 years older than me. Next year he'll be 12. Poor guy. I'm going to stay here. Hallelujah. Ah, That's youth. But if you allow injustice to reign and do nothing about the Goliaths of this planet, then that's old. Did you hear what I said? If you don't do nothing about injustice, then you, you're a fogey. And you're old. Uh, all you're waiting for is to die. Go to heaven. Listen, by the way, September the 3rd, don't miss that sermon. It's along these lines. One of the most powerful sermons I believe will ever come from behind this pulpit. September 3rd is Attendance Membership Sunday. 9-11. I'm just warming up for that day. The final thing David had or did to his credit was he demonstrated Bravery and courage. David was courageous. It's one thing, my friend, to believe in what's right and to agree with what's wrong, but it's quite another thing to be willing to risk in faith and do something about it. Anybody can have chivalrous beliefs, but to man the battle stations—that's something else. To get down and dirty. You know how a lot of our young people have—they say, "Pastor Steve, I'm saving up to go to Manila." They weren't talking out of the side of our neck. I would dare say almost every one of them that said that came up with the money. Where they got it, I don't know. I didn't give it to them. And I know they didn't rob no banks. Uh, but they got it. Money well spent. You saw it today. David could have talked about his brothers and the rest of the army like they talked about him. He could have. Oh, who do they think? Look, he could have messed with them. You ain't talking. You ain't fighting. But he didn't do that. He could have told them what he was going to do when he got older. Why, when I get older, you don't have to wait till you're older, young people. Uh, no. He goes, David, and he does something right then and there. Uh, not later, not mañana. He readily accepts the challenge of what seems to be and to look to be impossible. Uh, Richard heard a sermon like this many years ago on a Sunday morning. He didn't say mañana, he said manila. But a lot of us say, well, manana, later on. No, no, no. Now. David simply launched out and branched out on his idealistic beliefs, his idealistic faith. David had no time for realism right now. He had to trust in Almighty God, period. Victory outreach. We cannot minimize the power found in idealistic, youthful faith. Stay with me now. I don't want to lose you. Uh, See, we faced... Many challenges and many battles. Uh, but we have just begun to faith. We have just begun to faith. Uh, you're born again in the best time that anybody can be born again in this ministry. What an opportunity you have uh, to lay down, you know, in the history of our ministry. And we're going to need our youth with all their faith and all their beliefs and all their idealistics uh, to carry on for us. We will certainly face Goliaths all over the world, the East being included. Goliaths will walk around uh, acting as if they're bad. I mean, I'm telling you, what's heavy upon my heart right now is Indonesia. Because I know what it's going to take right now to, to begin a church in Indonesia. Uh, it's not easy. And especially when they find out, oh, Americans. Because the Indonesian people are not very, you know, uh, how could you say, the tribunal people. The, all they think about is their tribe. They've never seen CNN. They don't know anything about Ted Turner and CNN News. They think their whole world is right there. They don't care what the worst of the world thinks. So if they kill somebody, so they don't understand. And to this is what we're called. But we that are older in age will also have to keep our ideals. That's what Paul understood. And that's the reason Paul says keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep your ideals. Especially those of you that are older Christians. Keep the faith. Don't let them die. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let your faith die. Faith cometh and it can goeth. And that's what he would like. Even right now some of you are beginning to lose me the sermon. That's what the devil wants. Because he knows, he's probably read my notes. I'm, I'm closing right here. Huh? Because he, he, he wants you to lose your faith. He wants you to lose your trust. Because he knows what faith can do against his kingdom. Uh, Caleb kept the faith, the Bible says. The guy was old, 80-some years old. Still working out a 24-hour fitness. Still, still, still ready for the devil. Uh, Paul kept the faith. Uh, Pastor Sonny's kept the faith. Uh, 33, 34-some-odd years. Nicky Cruz has kept the faith for ministries like ours. Uh, because sometimes that's all that we're going to have. But that idealistic faith is what Satan is most scared of. God has dealt to each man a measure of faith the Bible says. A measure of ideal. Keep it. Use it. Uh, Don't lose it. And some of you, I I believe your faith is waning. It's wavering. This is not the time right now. you got to keep the faith. Uh, don't 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 let it go. Don't throw it away. This is not the time to throw away your faith. You've been born again for such a time as this. What an opportunity we're going to have to knock down these walls. You know how many people are going to hear about it? Oh, you just see their new building. Uh, You know what those people did? Uh, And your faith is going to resound, like Paul says, uh, Thessalonican churches all abroad. People are going to hear about that. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to highlight who we are. I'm just trying to tell you a fact. Uh, It's going to go around. Do you want that? I, I pray that you do. Because it's gonna bring faith produces faith. Uh, and if we have a church of faith, there's gonna be other churches of faith. The one in Manila is full of faith. They got, uh, they got faith. Where'd they get it, right? Where do we get it? In Pastor Sunny's church. Uh, keep the faith, fight for that thing. Because faith leaks. That's why you have to hear sermons like this. Faith leaks. I taught our leaders the other day. Vision leaks. That's why you need sermons on vision because it leaks. It leaks out sometimes, but faith is the same thing. It leaks. So you got to faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the word, you got to keep hearing it because it's leaking. Ah! Uh, I want every head bowed, and every eye closed. God has dealt to each man a measure of faith. Don't give it away, and don't give it back. Keep it. Hang on to it. Watch over it. Protect it. Faith cometh, but it can goeth. As every hitter's bought, an every right close spirit of God moving in ministry, I've spoken for twenty-five minutes. I pray that I was able to convey God's word to the life of David, a young person. Three negative points and three positive points. David didn't care. He was serious. He was courageous. He knew his God. That's always the key. To know God is to know better. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God moving in the ministry. You see, Brother Steve, I've been challenged through this sermon. And I want to acknowledge before God and this sanctuary that my faith has been wavering and I admit that my faith has been leaking but somehow my faith is being pumped up it's being filled right now and I thank God for that but I don't want to just stay pumped up here in church in these four walls but when I go out well that's where you get faith you hear God's word here but you live it out there through the trials and the struggles you heard it from the young man that was graduating here today from the men's home that's what makes you stronger. That's, what, that's how you test your faith. We'll never know what kind of faith you got unless you... The trials that you go through. Show me your trials and I'll show you your faith. Show me your trials and I'll show you your faith. Show me your mountains and I'll show you your faith. Show me the mountains you've climbed and I'll show you your faith. And I speak... From 26 years of experience. From day one in the men's home. Lies of the devil. Leave you got $10 in your pocket Shaka la 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 mara. son, the devil I'm glad I didn't leave and I ain't going nowhere I'm going to help all kinds of people stay again you know who you are you want me to pray for you this evening you want to conclude this sermon in prayer if that's you God has ministered to your heart you want to be included in this prayer I'm going to ask you to stand at your feet right there where you're at Else's every head is about and everybody close. Spirit of God moving to ministry. See, so the sermon was right up my freeway, directed at my heart. And I want to respond in faith. The just shall live by faith. That's what keeps a Christian going. I've been going through some heavy trials, but that's to prove to God that you love him and To challenge your faith. Anyone else. This is my last call. You want to be included in this prayer. You say this sermon was for me. And I want to acknowledge that. I want faith to service in my heart. To be able to go through whatever. The enemy will throw my way. Anybody else. Many are standing. But I'm going to wait just. A few seconds longer. Because I believe there could be more. Keep the faith people. Don't lose it. And it leaks. So you got to keep filling it and filling it that's what sermons like this are designed for once again anybody else this is my last call you're not standing yet but you want to do so now you want to be included in this prayer I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and join the rest that are already standing